What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 163 of Literate Lessons. As always, I'm your host, Carter Noble. And today, uh, due to some minor scheduling errors on uh, someone's part, not naming who, um, I'm joined by none other than Josh Bauer, probably better known online as Bauer Dad. What's up, dude? Up. Uh- you know, not not a lot. Taking a taking a lunch break here to record with you, and I'm just I'm I'm excited to be here. I love I love being on the show. This will be my second ever appearance appearance, and I'm excited to get after it with you. So this is like what your second time on the podcast, and like your fourth or fifth on the actual like channel because we've done like three or four different videos or whatever we, together at this. Point. We have we have done a few things together at this point. Yes, I'm I'm. I'm excited. Excited to be back. Yeah. And as so, soon as you tell me what we're doing, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Okay. So simply put, um, I'm a dunce and forgot that Sunday I'm hosting a surprise party for one of my best friends for his birthday. I hope they're not watching. Oh, I guess this comes out <laughs> Monday. Never mind. At yeah, this yeah, yeah, point, yeah. the party he, will have he... already occurred, so we're not spoiling Okay. So it's it's not even a surprise party, right? Because his his wife comes over and she's like one of our you – know, we, we used to live with them. Okay. And, um, so she comes over all the time and she asks Tiff, she's like, Hey, uh, the 16th, can we have Kyle's birthday party over here? I wanted to have a surprise for him. Like, sure. Okay. That's fine. She immediately texts him. Hey, the 16th, we're going to Carter and Tiff's. <laughs> it's like immediately just ruins the illusion of the surprise. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, okay, sure. Block this time like, for a miscellaneous reason. <laughs> Don't make plans. Like, no, no, no. She's she's already told him. Like, <laughs> but um, because of that, Carl and I were planning on recording Sunday because EUIC is currently going on, and so we planned on recording Sunday after it was over so we could recap mm-hmm. it. And it hit me last night at like seven thirty. I'm like, hey, that's not gonna work. He's like, uh, okay. <laughs> so kind of panicked and. Um, like, hey, who's free Sunday and or Friday to record? And you're like, I'm free. So free as a bird, uh, baby. Yeah. Free as a bird. <laughs> so, um, like we kind of mentioned, EUIC is currently going on. Yes. Um, I believe as we're recording this, it's either the start of round eight or somewhere in the middle of round eight. Um and it's been, you know, I've been listening to it basically all day as much as I can. It's been a good show. Wonderful. There's there's been a lot of things that have been uh Really entertaining. I know, of course, you have been, you know, working as hard as you possibly can. Oh, so ab- I'm not sure how much absolutely. you've actually got to watch. No, I've been, uh, I've had it on in the background, but I've I've mostly been working. I've mostly not been paying attention to EUIC, unfortunately. Uh, do we know player count for EUIC? Player count for EUIC. I'm not entirely sure. Let's see. It's... Uh, yes, I'm my, up... my quick Googling suggests something for Europa Universalist 4. Um, ah, so that, so uh, that'll, capacity. that's what we wanted. <laughs> capacity is it's... 1,058 players, but that's all age divisions. So that helps us good, in no good, way. Awesome. In no way. Uh, so I'm going to say at least several hundred. At least I don't have an exact hundred. number. That's fair. And I'm sure they've said it on stream, but, you know, the stream also started at, what, 8 o'clock UTC? So that's, like, uh, hella early for me? Early? (laughs) Correct. Early? Uh. Uh, Yeah, that would be 3 (laughs) a.m. 3 a.m. 
<laughs> I knew it was early. I wasn't sure how early. Um, but yeah, it's been you know, really, really entertaining. And so the bulk of today's episode is actually going to be uh, you and I doing commentary over one of the early rounds that uh, I didn't get to watch. So Ooh, all right, all right. I figured this would be this would be a, a really fun idea and uh, something that you and I kind of have a little bit of experience with is like commentary, but like not together. Not together. It's always like yeah. solo commentary <laughs> because you know, of course, you stream. Yeah. You do coverage of when you're playing your matches and talking through lines and everything, as as I do yeah. with flattering and stuff. And so it's like commentating through your lines is way different <laughs> than like commentating over a match, yes. right? Like, yes, it's so like, hard. Immensely different. So, um, do do you want to jump into that, or do you want to talk about like? I know we have a uh, top 12 stat usage here from day one. Um, and again, of course we can't really talk about anything else because we don't have data for anything. Right, else we yet. don't have data for day two. Yeah. Just, just the, but, just the casting over matches is, is very interesting. Cause like you were saying, I normally solo cast my own games. The, I have a little bit of partner casting experience with Adam Santacos, but a lot more of my experience is with Krebs, but him and I always do commentary over showdown games and he talks so fast and things happen so fast. I'm actually really, <laughs> really looking forward to casting a cart game. It's hopefully going to be a little bit slower. Where you have time to actually, you know, talk through the lines. <laughs> and like, you know, you, know, you, you actually use have people go to that 50 second timer or whatever, as opposed to showdown where it's like, click the button, click the button. All right. And the thing's going on. Like no time to actually talk about anything exactly. because it's so hyper fast. And that's, you know, I, I think I've talked about this a little bit. Mm. I, I, I know at least in private, but I really don't enjoy playing on Showdown mm. for that reason. Because it's so much faster pace. It's just like, yeah. I don't take the time to actually think about my lines. Yeah, I just go, all right, well, here's what's directly in front of me. This is what I'm going to attack into. This is what I'm going to do. And before it's even, like, thought processed, I've already done it. Yeah. And, like, you know. When when my opponent's also playing at that higher paced play, it makes things so much harder to actually think about. All right, <laughs> let's take time to actually think about it and you know do things. And uh, you know, I don't like RTT is on showdown, and mm. you and I are both in it. And like, yeah. I don't mind doing stuff like that because, especially when I'm doing stuff like that, I'm also commentating over it and like trying to talk through everything as I'm playing, as opposed to just like laddering for fun on showdown at work and i'm just sitting here clicking buttons as fast <laughs> as i can to get as many games as i can yeah in. not not that i would play at work or anything right no no <laughs> no but no. uh but yeah it's it's really interesting to actually think about and actually do over a match game right, like a, a right. cart game as opposed to uh showdown where like you said it's just so much faster but you know, some some people are okay with that, and some people can do it, man. But some people oh, can man. do it. Some people can do it. So, I, think be good. I, I like I like the cart experience. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this. All right. So I guess we're gonna just jump right in. I'm going to start recording here, and we can actually talk about this. And I'm sure Carl's gonna do a nice screen transition, make it look all nice and everything. So, <laughs> cool. Um, on stream, this is round number two. We have Boss Vander Heiden versus Alex Soto. And, dude, just, like, first thing off, 
both of these teams have some wild things going on, right? Yes, I think I think eyes are very easily drawn to the Obama Snow on the left hand team, but honestly, I don't even know if I'd say that's the most interesting thing out of this. No, <laughs> it's like that's the crazy part, right? Like not not only does uh, does Boss have this Obama Snow, he also has this Bronzong going on, and like you know, there's also an Iron Hands, which like is not really widely seen in this format right now with the the prevalence of like arcanine and ting lu just like making it where it has a hard time doing its thing yeah that being said like the the emergence of like king gambit uh ting lu like all the ruinous pokemon kind of put iron hands in a position where it can do a lot of really useful things so i'm interested to see how well it plays out here as well as like this bronzong just being like a brick wall for all the ruinous pokemon outside of like you know, exactly, like, Dark Pulse and Crunch. Like, you, you don't really see a lot of dark coverage from, like, Ting Lu. Wu Chien doesn't really exist. But <laughs> don't say the that. big problem... <laughs> I, I actually think they've ha- they've talked about it a little bit uh-huh. on stream. I don't know if we've seen one on stream yet. Oh, wow. But I could be wrong. Um, the big problem with Bronzong, in my opinion, is all the Fluttermane that's running around. It just hard shuts down everything that Bronzong's trying to do. It's just like, all right, well, just Shadow Ball you, and that's probably enough to KO you. <laughs> yeah, Bronzong Between... will have to commit to that ter- uh, if it wants to stay in front of a Fluttermane. <laughs> Between all the Fluttermane and all the Arcanine that are running around, Bronzong's just kind of not in a great position, right? I, that I, I think being so. I think said, so. <laughs> that being said, Alex has kind of, you know, some bangers over on his side that we haven't seen at all. <laughs> I know. Speaking of stuff we haven't seen, also on Alex Soto's side, there are no ruinous Pokemon. There are also no paradox Pokemon. My man is running series one over here. Oh, it's it's absolutely awesome <laughs> to see this. Like, so you and I were kind of just flipping through, like, the timeline to see, like, where what games are up. Right. And we saw this and immediately <laughs> went, hold, hold on! <laughs> this one, stop here, there's, stop the car. <laughs> there's a Mudsdale, there's a Hatterene, there's a Torkoal. Like, <laughs> between Torkoal and Didi, Hatterene and Mudsdale, I think probably make up, like, 1% of usage on Picolinks <laughs> in right? this format. Right. They're non-existent. But, man, it it really just shows you just, like, how much people can innovate on a format as early as it is still, right? Like, this is, what, three weeks, uh, two weeks into the format? Yeah, yes, yeah, this is only the 14th. We're super early into Regulation C. And, like, none of these Pokemon have seen any kind of play. So it really makes you think, what's going on here? Why, Why are we doing this? Yeah. I, I want to know mostly because obviously the ruinous Pokemon are very strong. I would, I would love to know just what goes through in this case Alex's mind and what makes him decide. Nah, I don't need any of those ruinous Pokemon, especially for the. I, I don't know Ting Lu's base speed off the top of my head, but especially when you see Alex Soto running this very slow team. There's there's no fast mode here. It's all slow guys. Um. Ting Lu has a base speed of 45. Yeah, that's slow. That's pretty slow. That being said, Mudsdale is slower at 35. So, like, you line up well there. 
Uh, I believe Hatterene's also slower. Yeah, Hatterene's 29. So, like, if Alex can get a Trick Room up and reliably keep it up, it's probably, like, really favored towards him, right? I, that yeah, being I said, so. you have Bronzong on the other side that has access to, like, reversing your Trick Room. Technically, Fluttermane has access to Trick Room. I doubt we see it here today. Yeah. <laughs> but that is that is something I have seen in the past, right? Yep. So it, it's really just a way of how do we deal with, uh, like, in Alex's mind, how do we deal with the Bronzong to make it where we're able to do our Trick Room thing to really punish uh, Boss from doing what he's trying to do. Yeah. I th- but, like, also at the same time, like, Boss has a, f- like, outside of, like, Fluttermane and Arcanine, his team's kind of slow, too. Yeah, it's just that's not true. That's trick true. Room slow when you're playing against a Trick Room team. You know, like, what? what is what is Iron Hand's speed? Uh, I, think, it's I think it's 45? 50. 50. I'm so, like, never going to get these right, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Obama Snow is base 60. So, you know, again, slow, but not Trick Room slow. So, no. like, looking looking at this from, from Boss's side, uh, I really like the idea of Arcanine in the event that this isn't, in, like, inner focus Mudsdale. Mm-hmm. If it is, Arcanine can still be good if it has access to Will-O-Wisp. Yes. The downside there is you have a King Gambit on the other side to deter the Intimidates, right? Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't really particularly like being burnt. Yeah. So yeah. It, it brings it back to, I think Arcanine looks really good here. If it has access to Snarl, it gets to do things against uh, Hatterene and Ndidi and Torkoal as well. Uh, Torkoal's going to set up Sun for you, so you can do a ton of damage into basically everything regardless. Yep. So I think I think Arcanine is like a must-bring. I really like the idea of bringing Bronzong to prevent Trick Room. And from there, it's like, do you want like Fluttermane to be able to actually have some kind of damage output? Um, do you, do you like the idea of, like, Ting Lu here to be able to kind of, like, sit in front of these things and just be a brick wall? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think any of those bottom threes of, like, Hands, Fluttermane, or Ting Lu, I think any combination of those could be good. And, like, that's ignoring the fact that Obama Snow is able to manipulate the weather so that, uh, Torkoal's not able to do its thing. Yeah. So, what are, what are your thoughts here? What do you think? I, I think that, I'm... Um... I'm really interested to see how Boss approaches this matchup because, like you said, Boss has a slow team, but Boss doesn't have a trick room slow team. And also doesn't even have some of the slowest Pokemon in the format on his team. So is Boss going to try and directly deny trick room by resetting it, or is Boss going to go ahead and just empty out as much damage as he possibly can? Because obviously... Fluttermane, and to a lesser degree, I mean, Obama Snow and Iron Hands, like, there are, like, Boss has a lot of options to just put his foot on the gas immediately mm-hmm. if he doesn't want to play the Trick Room, doesn't want to play the Trick Room mind game. Yeah, I mean, that that's, like, the, the counterpoint there, right? It's just, like, lead two things that can pressure the Trick Room setters here in Ndidi and Hatterene, mm. and just, like, prevent Trick Room from going up that way. That's, like, not even something I had even commented on. Yeah, just blow like, them up. <laughs> yeah, they can't do anything if they're they dead. They can't do anything <laughs> if they're gone. That used to be that used to be my play when I was running um, a different team that I can't remember. It's just, oh, what, yeah. do they, what do we do if they set up Trick Room? Well, 
I'm just going to pick the most violent lead that I have and just go for it and hope I deal enough damage, you know? So, from Alex's side, um, I think that... I don't think you can reasonably bring, like, Amoongus and Ndidi. Mm -hmm. I think for the sake of, like, what his team's trying to do, they fill a very similar role. Mm -hmm. And, you know, trying to prevent, like, having access to, like, redirection plus Trick Room, I think is really what he's trying to do Mm -hmm. here, right? That being said, it could be, like, Amoongus plus Ndidi, so then you have access to redirection plus Trick Room there as well. Yeah, I I like Amoongus as a redirector more than Ndidi here, actually, because... I mean, NDD, like, obviously we like it for the psychic terrain and the potential mm-hmm. expanding force if they have it. But if we look at, you know, if we look at Boss's team, NDD is really only stopping two things. It's stopping Fake Out from Iron Hands, if it has it. Mm-hmm. And it's stopping Extreme Speed from Arcanine. Again, if it has it, they don't all run Extreme Speed. So, do we, do you think that, like, is Hattering just the best Trick Room setter here? Because if you if you have Hattering, you definitely want some form of redirection. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. If, if you're anticipating this like hyper offensive, like you said, violent lead mm-hmm. from Boss, I really like the idea of Ndidi as the lead because it just prevents like Shadow Ball into your Ndidi, right? I mean, into into your Hattering. Because if you want your hyper offensive lead from Boss, I think it involves Fluttermane. It could also be Dazzling Gleam from Fluttermane. That is it doesn't true. have to be a redirection, but I did, I did, I did blow over the part where NDD is actually Shadow Ball immune. That's also another, another yeah, really good, another that's... really good property, and also just being, just extremely thick with many C's, just take tons of damage, yeah. <laughs> just is able to take tons of damage. But I think I do think Hatterene is, is the correct setter. I think I think there's a lot of, I I, I think. Basically, everything but Mudsdale has merit here from Alex. And that's really disappointing because I think Mudsdale's so cool. I just, I don't really see how it lines up well here. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to do a ton into Tinglu. Um, this is most likely Levitate Bronzong, so like you're not being able to hit it. If you're uh, Stamina, you're being intimidated constantly by this Arcanine. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to try to get burnt by it. So like, there's, there's counterplay there. Uh, Obama Snow is able to just like blizzard you and make you sad. Blizzard you it's and really make like, you sad. How many freezes at the same time? How many, how many freezes? <laughs> how many freezes in the match? I'll bet we get one. Oh man, I'd love to see one, but also at the same time, I'm so pulling for this Mudsdale that That's I don't true. want it to happen. <laughs> so, do you? What do you think? You ready to jump into to game number one and see how this plays out? I am ready. I am ready to jump in. All I'm right. just seeing seeing the six v six here. I'm really excited to see how it goes. This is going to be a wicked game. Let's let's see. All right. So from Alex, we have Ndidi plus King Gambit, and coming out from Boss, we have Tinglu and Bronzong. So what are we what are we thinking here as we see the psychic seed get triggered here from Ndidi? I think this is a really interesting play from Alex, especially because I think I think we recognize that Arcanine is a really good lead option. It can snarl, it can uh, deter the physical attackers. I my bet here is that Alex was thinking Arcanine's a good lead for boss, so I'm going to open with King Gambit. We don't know if the Ndidi is packing Trick Room, so I'm not sure if Alex is going to be going for a Trick Room setup, but I guess I guess we'll see. King Gambit can threaten a really strong dark attack into the Bronzong. 
But other than that, mm-hmm. it feels like a very uh, defensive four up here. I don't think we're going to see a ton of damage right away. What about you? So it's interesting because like King Gambit does line up well against his Bronzong. And if you're trying to prevent the Trick Room going up from Ndidi, taking out the Bronzong could do a ton of work here, right? Yeah. As we see what most likely... Oh, Terror Flying coming out from the King Gambit trying to prevent like a, a stomping tantrum into that slot in front of the, the Ting Lu makes a lot of sense here. So we're just gonna see a sword stick. Holy right. cow. <laughs> we're we're getting aggressive and I like it. Ooh, going for the throat chop would have been deeply resisted, and the bronze lock is gonna reset that trick room because we did see Boz selecting that really exciting. Really exciting. Yeah, just Honestly, really interesting play here from turn one immediately. Because, like, this King Gambit now is a huge threat. And, like, you just have to respect it if you're if you're boss here. Just, like, man, swapping here into Iron Hands is, like, it's kind of fine, right? Because you're going to anticipate probably, like, a Kowtow Cleave into that slot. So swapping into the Resist makes a ton of sense here. But even at plus two, it's going to do a solid chunk, I'm sure. I do like it. I do like it. Th- I mean, I, I say I say thankfully. Uh, thankfully for boss, uh, King Gambit will be unable to leverage sucker punches in, in this state thanks to the psychic terrain, but the trick room was denied, so it's it's almost kind of unfortunate that boss went to let led with his slowest Pokemon because now now that trick room is denied, I think Alex is actually in it has has the advantage with the speed. And here we have the Kotal Cleave playing out exactly as you said it would, going into that resisted slot. Throat chop. Oh, and a throat chop single-handedly KOing the Ndidi. That's really good information to know if you're boss. And, I mean, Alex probably doesn't really appreciate that, all <laughs> things considered. No. I, as we see a Mudsdale coming out here, I love to see Mudsdale. it. <laughs> In a really good spot. In a really good spot. If Iron Hands... Like, Iron Hands needs exactly ice punch to deal with this no iron hands iron hands can go into uh fake out into the the king gambit here because this flying type now is no longer on the terrain oh it can oh it can let's see yep it looks like yeah boss is yeah yeah, yeah do it <laughs> do it boss do it oh close combat Ooh, going for close combat into mudsdale i wonder how much this is gonna do obviously Iron Hands does infinity billion damage with its enormous attack stat. <laughs> but what... Hmm. I wonder if Alex is maybe going to switch, trying to predict, hey, he knows I'm going to fake out that slot, so I'm actually not going to do it. Yep. Okay, we do just see the Protect come out. Makes a ton of sense there, trying to prevent that. And, you know, like like you said, reading into that Protect and just, you know, doing... Holy cow! That, that does way more than I thought it would, to be completely just honest. Because Mudsdale is so like, enormous. S- 60% into Mudsdale. Now we also get to see uh, if this is actually Levitate Bronzong. It is. Bronzong. It is confirmed. Yeah. If it's... How much do we do back Ooh. in picking up the KO into hands? So, wow. notably, we picked up a lot of information this turn. Yes. Um, notably, Mudsdale is going to be inner focused because we didn't see stamina get triggered. Uh, we know that the, the Bronzong now is Levitate as well, so it's going to be immune to those ground type attacks coming out. Yep. And Fluttermane going to do that terastalizing because obviously we have the speed advantage, so Fluttermane is in a really good spot. However, we want to make sure that Fluttermane is not going to go down to a dark type attack. Um, I mean, you know, the psychic terrain protects from sucker punches, but I like I like the choice to I like the choice to terastalize here. If you're if you're Alex, 
I think the play at this point is try to stall out your own psychic terrain so that King Gambit can try to take over this game with sucker punches. Yeah. It... Like, the, like, boss has access to, like, the, the highest priority of speed here, right? Yes. Like, you have the fastest Pokemon on the field. So, being able to pressure boss with this King Gambit being able to sucker punch things seems like one of the best plays we can try to make if you're Alex. Yeah. I'm wondering if so, a double protect might be try might be attempted here. We do just see the sucker punch come out. Unfortunately, uh it is not it is going to fail because uh we know that the the Bronzong is going for safeguard this turn. Um so because it's levitate on the Bronzong, it is also you know, it's not on the terrain, so you can actually sucker punch into it as Very well. Very interesting. Uh, Moonblast is Moonblast is going to be enough to KO the King Gambit, as we see an earthquake. Ooh, Casually ooh. do, you know, 90% to <laughs> Fluttermane. It does, does do a lot. Fluttermane, not very physically bulky, but is enough to is enough to get that out. Torkoal would have loved to have that trick room up, but it actually is going to activate the uh, the protosynthesis from the Fluttermane. It looks like Boss is just in an incredible spot here. Continues to have, you know, the, the fastest the fastest Pokemon. Trick room was denied. It looks like Alex is in a really rough spot here. Is there any way Did that he we, comes back? We didn't see an item on Fluttermane yet, right? Because Choice specs. It is specs. It is specs okay. Yeah. So we are just going to see the Protect come out here from the Torkoal. Um, locking into Moonblast is annoying when you're facing down a Torkoal on the opposing side. But, <laughs> I mean, you're just going to be able to pick up the Mudsdale here. Uh, prevent that from doing anything extra this turn and then it doesn't really matter what bronzong does because well it's going into a protect here uh, it is. notably we saw safeguard from the bronzong that's really good in the event that we see uh, the amoongus come from alex being able to just prevent it from sporing anything and everything on on boss's side yeah. i'm curious how much this moonblast does into torkoal Gosh, a billion percent. So Got much. it. <laughs> so much. And the special attack drop to add insult to injury hmm. right before dealing and damage to. Oh, the Fluttermane eruption. Oh, my goodness. Can't even hear the it. eruption doing approximately nothing back as well as we see game one go to no, Boss Vander Heiden. Right, Boss. So, what do we think here for game two? If you were, if you're Boss, I feel like. You feel very well positioned for this game, right? Like you, you very cleanly were able to answer anything that Alex is bringing to the table, and just really prevent anything from what for Alex is trying to do, right? Yeah. So what what's the adjustments here that you want to make if you're boss? I think I think if you're boss here, you have a really similar line that you want to accomplish here. Just that knowing knowing that the throat drop knocks out the NDD is extremely helpful is extremely helpful um so i think i think having ting lu in the front again makes sense um i i wish i paid better attention to what moves it does have because if it has a heavy slam it also can potentially deal damage to a hand i'm not, if it's I'm not sure if i saw a heavy, slam. Saw heavy slam i know for sure i saw stone edge uh, i think it's earthquake stomping tantrum stone edge throat chop maybe mm -hmm. I could I could be wrong about that. I could be misremembering. I know for sure I saw Earthquake and Stone Edge, and you know, of course, we saw the uh, the throat chop there, as we've talked about. But I think the big adjustments need to come from Alex. Yes. Here. Yeah. Obviously, um, he, you know, lost. I, I think <laughs> if you 
If you are trying to prioritize Trick Room here, I don't think Ndidi is the mod you want to play, right? Like, I, I don't think Ndidi is the setter you want. Yeah, I think I think so, Amoongus is... I think, Amo I think you want Amoongus. Man, Amoongus is really tempting here. I know he's not a setter. But having... Yeah, I mean, yes, I know. We, we know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, you know, having having that redirection uh, makes it where Ndidi is able to do its thing. You know, if if uh, boss is going to lead Ting Lu here to pressure the Ndidi, you know, just redirect the hit, take take the the throat chop, set trick room yourself. Interestingly, having Bronzong on boss's side for that safeguard makes it makes the Amoongus kind of invalidated too, right? Like now now that we've seen the way game one is played out, this <laughs> yeah. feels. Not so great for, for unfortunately, the Mudsdale player. Yeah, which is, is really interesting that you say that because I know that before this match we were talking about, hey, what what do we hope to see the Mudsdale? And, you know, we, we talked about maybe, I mean, maybe it's not the best for this match, but Mudsdale actually put in probably most of the it work. It did a ton of it work, right? It did a ton right? of work. It's, it's really... If you're Alex aside, it's really unfortunate that you had to play against uh, Levitate Bronzong here. <laughs> yes. Because, like, it's just, like, the literal perfect answer for what you're trying to do. Yeah. It, you know, is able to reverse Trick oh, Room. Is there, able to oh, be, there's the Amoongus. Ooh. Oh, and the Bronzong. I really, <laughs> I really like this lead here from Alex. So we have Hatterene and Amoongus from Alex uh, versus Bosses. Arcanine and Ting Lu. Of course, we have the Intimidate go off, but not really going to matter here in front of Hatterene Amoongus. Uh, presumably, this is going to be Goggles Arcanine, so like you're not going to be able to spore it. As we Ooh, see, Ting Lu going for the <laughs> really. It's it's thinking about it. Are are we sacrificing? Ooh, Flying Terra. Okay, so that makes this a little bit. This makes this way safer clicking uh, Earthquake next to your, your Arcanine, right? More sensible. I, I think if you're Alex aside, this is a pretty pretty standard just uh, redirection plus Trick Room here. The fact that Boss didn't lead uh, the, the Bronzong here means that Trick Room most likely is going to go up this turn unless something goes incredibly wrong. Yeah, like if, I mean, if it's, if it's Goggles, if it's Goggles Arcanine... And it's able to ignore the redirection and the earthquake hits. Uh, oh, protect on the Amoongus! Really Good interesting. Protect there. As we see the Flare Blitz just going to do a ton here to Hatterene. I don't think wow, you're going to be able this, to live this earthquake coming yeah, out. Yeah, this might this might be over for Alex almost immediately. The Amoongus is fresh, so I mean, obviously it's not completely over, but obviously we we really want this Trick Room to go up, especially with Torkoal yeah. on the back and or with. Just what I would guess is Torkoal in the back. Beautiful, beautiful played turn one here from Boss. Just you know, like like you said in in the intro, it's just be hyper aggressive here, take out the Trick Room Setter, and that's what we see here. Yeah. So now you know we can just target down this Amoongus and ignore this Mudsdale because what is Mudsdale going to do in front of my Flying Arcanine? <laughs> Unfortunately, not much. Unfortunately, not much. <laughs> like. Arcanine's kind of the perfect counter to everything Alex has going on here. You most likely are safety goggles, so you can just ignore redirection. You can ignore Spore from the Amoongus. You're Terra flying here, so you can ignore Earthquake or Stomping Tantrum from from the uh, Mudsdale here. So it's like exactly Rock Slide you have to worry about. Yeah. But <laughs> you're faster than the, the Mudsdale, so you don't have to worry about being flinched either. It's just like 
incidental damage that's being dealt. Yeah, I really, I really love seeing the the Terra flying from. Ooh, Terra Fire Amugus. That's more about that in a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> just the the idea that with Arcanine, you most commonly see Terra Grass or you see Terra Water, and it's really interesting because you have this otherwise somewhat standard Arcanine. We expect that it might be uh, might be safety goggles. And yet it's Terra flying, which we just don't see a lot of that on Arcanine. And it gives him really good synergy uh, boss with with his own team, with the other members of the squad, which I think is really is really cool. Usually when you have Terra types, you're thinking uh, that Arcanine's toast. There's the rock slide we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I talked about how uh, Arcanine is just the perfect counter here, but. Unfortunately, uh, Terra Fire Amoongus in front of an Earthquaking Tinglu is not really where you want to be. Yeah, this Tinglu so... is choice banned. The Tinglu oh! choice banned. <laughs> Boss. That, Boss. That, I mean, your... that explains why it's doing so much damage. <laughs> Holy As we moly. see the Torkoal come out from Alex, and we see the, the Fluttermane come out here from Boss as well. Uh, Torkoal's Drought is going to trigger, uh, which is also going to trigger the Protosynthesis here from the Fluttermane. And, man, if you're if you're Alex here, you're in such a yeah, just su- disheartening position. Such a rut. But notably, there is not an attack going into Torkoal. So if Alex decides to go, oh, and he did, if Alex goes for an attack, this could be huge. Shadow Ball is going to be enough to take out the Mudsdale. The question is, is how much is this eruption going to oh, do? Oh, let's go! <laughs> Oh, so I mean, not enough to take out the Fluttermane, so I think I think that really seals it for Alex. But man, not going the, for the, the protect was wild. The fact that we saw, uh, you know, the the Moon Blast do eighty percent to Torkoal in game one means that uh, Shadow Ball is probably just enough here for the KO, and and that's ignoring you know the Choice Man yeah, Ting Lu attacking into the the Torkoal as well. But that is going to be a clean 2-0 here for for, for boss. Uh, for boss. And unfortunately, Mudsdale, it's, Mudsdale, my my beloved, it's, it's given, it's given, take. Not gonna be it's given to, take because it's I think true. I think that what happened here is a lot more fulfilling than having your favorite Pokemon either not show up or show up and get bodied. Like Alex did, still lose, but also brought Mudsdale to both games. Mudsdale accomplished a lot in both games, taking it, KOs in both games. It, so, like, it's not like... You're not wrong, yeah, he, right? Yeah. Like, the the amount of damage that the, the Mudsdale was able to do is just so impressive. The problem is, it's like, it needs so much for it to go right to be able to just clean up games. The, like, your, your bulk is not amazing. Mm. Um, like, it... I want Mudsdale to be so much better than it is. Uh, you know, you have 100, 100 HP, 100 defense, and then 85 special defense in a, in a format full of flutter mains. It's not really where you want to be. Uh, even even with a, an assault vest, you're not really able to take too many hits. Yeah. Uh, luckily, you know, your, your biggest weakness that was um, Iron Bundle is not really all that seen anymore. Mm. So, like, Mudsdale could be good in the event that these Trick Room teams start to pop up again. Right. The, the biggest problem being, in, in a format that's so offensive with, with Flutterbane, and you have, you know, Chien Pao and Dragonite running around, you have 
uh, this bulky wall that is Ting Lu that evidently holds Choice Band and just picks up yeah. KOs. Like, it, it can do a ton. Fair. Yep. Sorry, I was... I was actually <laughs> because because you were talking about Mudsdale, I was like, I'm gonna creep on I'm gonna creep on Alex's Twitter, see see how it goes. Um unfortunately not yeah. great, but uh, still still really cool to see to see Mudsdale on stream and Mudsdale do work even though it didn't win. What's more interesting to me is that we didn't see a bomb of snow at all. I figured that 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 weather switch would be really important obviously there aren't too many type weaknesses but without any like really strong resistances i i would have been more worried about torkoal i mean obviously boss is the pro he got it done but i'm i'm, I'm shocked that we didn't see a bomb of snow i thought that would have been an interesting play yeah, correct um and you know i, I think like we kind of talked about in team previews just like like, sure, Abomasnow is able to deal with the weather coming out from Torkoal, but when Torkoal is going to be the last thing coming in, doesn't really matter, right? And, like, yeah. your, your your snow, the fact that snow is no longer hail, so you're not just doing, like, incidental chip to everything every turn, yeah. is kind of a, like, downgrade here, right? Like, you want that little bit of extra damage every turn if you could, even if it comes at the cost of your own team. Um, but, man... <sighs> I, I really do think that boss is just like played that game brilliantly being able to just identify like, like you talked about in, in game one, just pressure, 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 mm -hmm. prevent trick room from going up as much as possible. And you can cleanly win this game. And I think that's a big problem with these trick room oriented teams in this current format. It's just, you don't have, the necessary bulk and redirection and like longevity to do what you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's really, You're... yeah, it, it's tough because especially when you have a Pokemon like Fluttermane, which is on effectively four out of every five teams, I think it's just one of the biggest issues is your most popular Pokemon is something that has a ridiculously strong spread move, which just yeah. really, just really aggravates that idea of, you know, you 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 think of you think of Hatterian Entity as like okay, follow me. Trick Room is guaranteed. It's it's almost guaranteed. It's almost guaranteed. That's the big thing, right? Like in previous formats, you could say, yeah, this is this is just going to happen. I mean, look at look at how long it was dominant in Sword and Shield, right? Like it was one of the best cores and one of the best like Trick Room cores yeah. leads that you could possibly have. It's just like man how do i beat this, this? Is the free trick i can't fake out yeah it, it, i mean and that's <laughs> not the case anymore as as we saw here you just have so many spread moves that do so much that it really just doesn't equate to what it once was yep i think so that's that's the problem power creep is ruining pokemon, power creep is ruining pokemon. <laughs> yeah, i think i it's it's tough because I, I'm I'm wondering I'm wondering what the new Trick Room core is going to be. If it's still going to be Entity Hat, or if it's going to be something else, because there there are players that are still using that core to success to get decently far in these tournaments. But as you know, as as we've as we've seen over the last couple of years, and I'm and longer for you, 
in competitive Pokemon, just as formats develop, they get slower. So I think that we are going to have some sort of Trick Room presence that is a, you know, a dominant tier one deck or <laughs> deck, a tier one team. <laughs> but yep, card games, baby. Um, but is is that going to be Indity Hat or is it going to be something else? Is Are the Trick Room players going to come up with something clever that isn't just follow me Trick Room? Is there going to be another adaptation that guarantees that we can get Trick Room up? So I think the, the argument there is like, well, Armor Rouge was supposed to be that, that solution, right? Like, indeed, Armor Rouge was so popular yeah. for, you know, most of Series 2 that even though it was popular, it never really transitioned. It never really translated to results. Yeah. I, I blame and closed team sheet. <laughs> or I guess open team sheet for that. And I mean, I th- that is like one of the downsides of this open team sheet meta that we play is like, well, I know everything that you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's just, you know, how how am I able to do my thing to prevent you from doing yours and typically the correct the correct answer there is either uh i know um i want to say it was around like five or six we saw mm. murkrow on stream oh wow to you know just uh it was taunting amoongus's and it's like well that's really annoying thanks <laughs> <laughs> yep yep i really but, yeah I, I love i love it because it's 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 both i mean you you know what your opponent's going to do. You know what you have to stop it. It almost adds another layer of mind games because then the person trying to do the thing knows your option to stop it. And then they know if they can safely pull the trigger on the thing that they want to do or if they have to pivot to do something else. I just, I really, I really like it and I think it's interesting. So I think the like correct iteration of like where Trick Room goes mm-hmm is kind of like this hybrid team that the boss is playing, right? Like, oh, I see. Where you have a trick room mode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you're a dedicated trick room team. Gotcha. And, you know, where where format where where teams are going to try to be faster and bulkier than you, you just go, "Eh, right, well, you can do that. Set your tailwind. I'm going to set my trick room and make you sad." Like, I think I think that's just like where the iteration goes, yeah. and that's usually where it ends up, right? You as formats develop, you start to see less dedicated trick rooms and more just like, well, this is a form of speed control I have access to. Yeah. Like, I think the uh, restricted formats we saw in Sword and Shield is a perfect example of that. You didn't really see dedicated hard trick room teams. You saw, well, I have, you know, uh, like I'm playing the cross with Dustwing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have, um, you have, you know, your, your Duskmanes, like, well, you're going to try to go hyper offensive, you know, hyper offensive fast. I'm just going to play this bulky slow game and make you pivot around me. Yeah. You know, just sweep the rug under your leg, you know, from under your, under your legs and just make you adapt to me. And I think, you know, like, like we've talked about open team sheet makes that where you're able to see the information before it happens. Mm. So you're able to play around it. So you're not setting tailwind the turn that they're setting (laughs) trick room. You know, as I've, I'm sure there's plenty of records of me doing. It's just like, all right, this yeah. is really free. I'm going to set Tailwind here with my my talent. Fl- oh nope, okay, got it. <laughs> We're very dead. Very dead, exactly. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's so, very cool. I think 
uh, to round out this episode, we can talk probably... Uh, let's talk about these top 12 Pokemon from day one. Okay, right on. We, we, we kind of, you know, spoiled it a little bit in, in the, uh, the preview there, but man, Fluttermane's so good. (laughs) Fluttermane's ridiculous. I was talking about this just before recording. Who decided that that Pokemon should have 135 base special attack and, and, 135 base speed and as if that wasn't bad enough they also slapped it 135 special defense so even if you get a hold of it you have to hit it with something physical otherwise it's gonna it's gonna hold no 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 it's it's balanced because you have base 55 hp and defense but that doesn't really matter when you're playing these bulky versions of Fluttermane that are able to take a, a jet punch from Palafin. Like, <laughs> I, you know, it, like, Palafin has been uh, another Pokemon that has really, really impressed me. I think it's won um, in every format we've had, right? Yeah. Like, it won It won last week yep. in uh, Fort Wayne, right? Yeah. Palafin is, is kind of ridiculous. I'm surprised to see it actually below other Pokemon because it's just so it's so dramatically hard to deal with, especially when the when when the premier intimidator of the format, I mean we see Gyarados gaining some popularity, but especially when the premier intimidator and Will-O-Wisp user of the format is Arcanine, who is a fire type. So it I mean, even so, it commands so much respect from the Arcanine that it's still able to do so much work. And I mean it's it's one of those Pokemon that, especially in rain, is so ridiculously strong. It reminds me of a water a water Xerneas. Like, just throw water move. You don't need other coverage. Just click the water button and just do so much damage. I was, I was thinking about this a little bit today. Um, like, Arcanine's obviously very good, right? Yes. Like, as, as we see here, it's the third most placed Pokemon. It's by far... Um, the most played fire type. It's by far the most popular intimidator. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of things that really work towards yeah. it. The fact that you have safety goggles to be able to deal with the Amunguses that are running around. Uh, you're able to willow with the opposing palafins and like Ting Lu's and all those things. You have access to E speed to be able to pair with like Chien Pao and Draconite. It does a ton. As as I'm sure we have talked about time in and time out. <laughs> yes. Right. Yep. Arcanine. Arcanine I don't think Ensign would actually like. I don't think Ensign would be all that good with how much Palafin's running around. (laughs) Honestly, I I'm really I'm really tempted to agree. People are like, oh no, when Incineroar comes back, or oh yay, I hope Incineroar comes back. Which, by the way, both of those I think are weird takes. I don't I don't know that I would I don't know that I would be celebrating a Pokemon's return to a game that has been so dominant in every year that it has existed, nor would I be, nor would I be dreading it, assuming that it would automatically make things as bad as they used to be when, when it comes back. I think that, I I think that, I think that people get ahead, ahead of themselves. I think that people get ahead of themselves and either lift up certain Pokemon or tear down certain Pokemon as being good or not good, respectively. And I think just only only time only time tells with with these sorts of things. All right, so I'm I'm gonna burst your bubble How here for half a second. I How ran, dare you? I ran a calc 
Okay. Oh no. <laughs> what is it? Uh, this is Adamant Two Fifty Two Mystic Water Terra Water Palafin. Okay? okay. Max damage. Uh, this is two fifty two one fifty six impish ensign. So you know the the tippy yeah. typical bulky ensign. Non Terra minus one. Uh, jet punch is doing thirty three to forty one. In intimidated jet punch, you said. Yeah. Devastating. It's a three hit KO into something that's weak to it. <laughs> what's what's the wave what's the wave crash calc? What's the wave? Sixty seven to eighty one. <laughs> uh, it's oh please please goodness, just delete dude. please just delete the last five minutes. <laughs> just yeah. I hate Ensign. <laughs> Like, oh, Palafin is supposed to be the answer to Instant. It's just like, no, I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Pal- Palafin also does have the innate reason to pivot. So, I think it'll be... That is true. Like, it is designed to be a Pokemon that pivots. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Hold on. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. That's base form Palafin. <laughs> oh, thank God. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> Hold that thought. One six. Uh, yeah. Wave crash is a guaranteed Oko. Jet punch is a two hit. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Let's go Let's go. No, I I I welcome I welcome Palafin so much. It's adorable. Also. Yep. I'm I'm dumb. Ignore everything I just said. Uh, re undelete like undelete the last five minutes. Uh. People are going to be watching this on Monday, and they're going to think, "What? What happened? Did they actually delete anything? We're just taking turns." I'm sure Carl cool. deleted it and then undeleted it. <laughs> put in, put in shameful takes out there. Put in shameful <laughs> takes out there. Speaking of takes, I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised to see, to see Ting Lu higher than Chien Pao and Chi Yu. Um. So here's my hot take. Give me, give me that hot take. Chi Yu, Chi Yu is not good. Ooh, sick burn. Sick like burn. here's here's the thing it has right? a ton of weaknesses it has a ton of weaknesses and it can't switch in on anything <laughs> that's a really you, good point like this thing's bulk is non-existent yeah oh my yeah, god i guess it i is... guess if you're doing something to support fluttermane i mean you're better off doing like an ndd or a mugus or something that has a little bit more utility that being said, uh, Specs Overheat into Ensign is a two-hit KO. <laughs> so, you know, wow. Chi Yu is the answer we needed for Arcanine, or for Ensign. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I would, I would uh, suppose that... Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe Chi Yu is falling off as a favorable pair for Fluttermane, but I would say that in its own right, maybe it can do some some different things. Maybe it's not the one supporting with Beads of Ruin. Maybe it's using its own Beads of Ruin to do stuff. I I am curious how many of these Chiyus are paired with Fluttermane. Because clearly there's a ton of Fluttermane that aren't paired with Chiyu. Right. Um, and same same thing is I'm curious how many Chien Pows are paired with Dragonite. Because I've seen a lot of Dragonite today on stream. And I haven't seen that many Chien Pao, even though it's on, you know, one out of three teams. Gosh, I I will tell you that Dragonite Champau is the truth. The combo is so it's good. It's so cool. It's so I love it. good. And like this is coming from the guy who 
really hated Dragonite at at uh at Knoxville. She's like, man, this thing's so good, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And like now I'm just like, man, I want to play with Dragonite. It's so cool. Yeah. I'm I'm filled I'm filled with so much regret because there are so many Pokemon that I just adore that I don't put on teams, and then they do things. Like, Dragonite is one of them. I was like, oh, I really like this Dragonite. <laughs> Gudra is one, and Gudra just won a tournament, and I'm like, I just need to... Wait, hold, hold on. What did Gudra win? Gudra won, it was in... It was a tournament in Japan, I think? There, Gudra, Gudra won something. Gudra did win a tournament recently. I'm going, I'm going right, to Google. I'm, I'm never going to be able to find it. Gudra no, won a Regulation C tournament. Who drew a regulation Hey, Cloverbells did a did a team report about oh, it. Oh, he must have. Alright. We All have right, to so dig the into the team. video to see what it was. But yes, Kudra won something, and I was like, why I, I need to I need to build a team with Espeon before someone else does something with it. Alright, so this is the Eruption EUIC practice tournament. Uh, first place with a record of 8-1 and one was Jumpman playing, let's see, this looks like Cerulege, Chienpao, Serena, Baxcalibur, Caesar, Gudra. That is some sauce. That is some sauce right Alright, it's on Limitless, evidently, so let's see if I can actually find this tournament, because I want to see this team <laughs> So while, while you're pulling that up, but... Yeah, I think it I think it just goes to show that like even even with open team sheet formats, even with Pokemon that are extremely, extremely dominant, like the Luttermain that just appears to be everywhere, like there's there has always there's always been room for innovation in Pokemon. And like there will be there will always be naysayers that try and refute that, uh, but they're wrong. It's a bad take. Uh, there's, there's always room for innovation in, in Pokemon. Like even, even formats that are, you know, what, what you would call solved, um, you know, the, the metagame is fully developed. I mean, there's, there's still, there are still chances with people to make noise with different things because I mean, they're, they're over a thousand Pokemon now. They're over a thousand Pokemon now. Um, so just, we cannot, we can't count stuff out. We can't count stuff out. What if I told you this is a mixed Gudra? Mixed Gudra? Mixed? Wikiberry? Oh, Sapsipper, sap though. That's the correct ability, by the way. Sapsipper. Correct. With with the, you know, billion billion percent of Amoonguses running around, yeah. being immune to Spore is really good. Yeah. I, I want to I run the Calx against Fluttermane, because I feel like Gudra can take it. I I bet you're probably not, right. Not like I not just like close well, my calc. I mean, Gudra's Gudra's base special depth is like one fifty something. I think, like it is, it is it is obscene. Right. The special bulk that Gudra has, I love it so much. All right, Fluttermane versus Gudra. And one one fifty special are... defense and ninety HP too. These are just the. This is Timid 252, um, Fluttermane, Moonblast does, uh, 58 to 71. <laughs> I, I mean, we survive it. <laughs> Technically, we survive. Technically, we survive. 
and Sludge Bomb back does forty-five to fifty-three. How much? And that's if you're. That is if you're max special attack choice specs. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, good. All right, so we use other Pokemon to get rid of that. I guess that's what the the scissor is for. <laughs> I guess that's what the scissor is for, because like you just bullet punch that and it 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 goes down. It's gone. It's yeah, it, it just goes gone. away. I like I like the the yeah. metal coat choice, but. Dude, I was thinking about it today. We've seen Black Glasses, Terra Dark, um, King Gambit. We see Mystic Water, uh, Terra Water, Palafin. I want Metal Coat, Terra Steel, Caesar to punch people. That would be so I think disgusting. The problem is, is you're still weak to Arcanine, right? Like, <laughs> no, put put Chim Pal in there, man. <laughs> just, just really, just yeah, just punch him. Choice, choice, I, uh... band. Terra Steel, Technician, Bullet Punch, Chimpow. I'm just saying. Dude, I think, like, I was actually thinking about this before we started recording, too. With Mystic Water, uh, Terra Water Palafin being healed as popular as it mm. is, uh, and people starting to calc to live hits from this thing, yeah. uh, I think the next iteration is just Life Orb. Just bump it up that next damage threshold and just punish them even more. Honestly, I, I, I could I could see it. I can see it, especially because it already uses a damage boosting item. Like it very easily slots in, and of course, you know, Palafin's running wave crash, it's no stranger to that self-recoil. Like, you know, obviously it's something that Palafin players are already dealing with. So I, I like that take. I I'll, I'll bet I'll bet we see it. I'll bet we see it. I don't know if it's good. But I like the idea of it. Oh, I'll bet it's good. And See, anything, anything through. for more palafin damage, right? Uh, this same tournament in fifth, there's a Lily Cole, Chien Pao, Dragonite, Great Tusk, Flutter main. I, did, I feel like we saw something similar to that. Um, maybe it wasn't at Fort Wayne. Um. Asia Asia had a regional last weekend too, right? Uh, I think so. I think so. I know we talked about it, and I don't remember where it was. It was somewhere in Asia, I thought. I don't know, but I, I know we talked about Lily Cole yeah. uh, a couple weeks back when we covered all that. Just so, so many um, opportunities for different Pokemon to do things, and in different places. Just the different metagames. Palmot, Dozo... Palmot Dozo, Tatsugiri, Fluttermane, Chiyu, Bexcalibur. Oh, that, um, oh, that just, that gives me a headache just hearing the six. That gives me a headache just hearing the six. I don't, I don't want to know what that team is. I don't want to know what that team is. Uh, ninth place is probably the favorite one I've talked about yet. We have Sylveon, Wochian, Rotom Wash, Cerulege, Glamora, Ting Lu. That is, yo, that sounds cool. That sounds super cool. I love that. Uh, throat spray, hyper voice, Terra Blast, Sylveon. Uh, let's see, clear amulet, Cerulege, Focus Dash, Glamora, Lefties, Wochian. This is this is no longer EUIC. We're just we're just talking about teams. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just I'm still looking at this tournament that the uh the uh Gudra won. Yeah. So you know I'm I'm on limitless. I'm just looking at teams at this <laughs> point. This is cool. Nice. But I love I love I seeing know, all man. of it. I love seeing all of it. To be honest, it's it's super cool. 
this this format is nowhere near solved. If anyone's telling you otherwise, they're wrong. Yeah. Like this format's so cool and so underdeveloped still. Yeah. I mean, hell, it's it's three weeks in and this tournament looks nothing like uh like Fort Wayne did. I know. I'm I'm really you know, I'm as, really excited to see where it goes. I'm ready for Palafin Arcanine Amoongus Fluttermane to win this one too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when this episode comes out. When this episode comes out, we'll know. And then everyone's going to say the format's solved. And, and you know, people are just going to be like, no, that's not how this works. It's not how it works. What do we What do we have next weekend? Anything? Let's see. Next weekend, uh, we have uh, we have global. We have the global challenge number two. Oh, yeah, because, you know, that didn't just like number one wasn't like last week. Exactly. I, I like it. I'm, I'm excited. I, I really I really enjoyed the players cups. Um, it was an opportunity to get CP, and I mean, in this case, it's an opportunity to get frustrated by not getting CP. But I think it's, <laughs> I think it's cool that like, uh, like, Pokemon is going back to hosting in like in person locals, uh, potential CP earning events, and at the same time, they're also turning up the dial for CP gain on the online events, which I think is really neat. That was a I think that was I think that was a big fear of mine and and others like if we're going back to locals are we still going to have online events and are they going to be worth anything? And the answer to both of those is yes, and I think that's really really exciting for all kinds of players. Uh interestingly, we have the dates for Global Challenge 3 as well. We do. Uh, uh it is the 5th through the 7th of May. Oh, okay. So that first weekend of May. Right. Um, Very cool. As for regionals, there's nothing next week. It looks like the next regionals is that week after, maybe. Gotcha. Uh, there's this. There's one in Sao Paulo, uh, the sixth and the seventh. There is. Let's see. I thought there was another one that same weekend. Yeah, Portland is the sixth and seventh as well. All right. Very cool. There's and there's lots looks, of good Pokemon like coming. <clears throat> Correct, correct. So we have Global Challenge number two next week, and then I think we actually have a week off, the the 28th through the 30th. I don't think there's anything going on. So that means we should you know, probably find something to, to host and play and do all that good stuff. Sounds good to me. <laughs> but I think it's probably about time we get out of here. You, you have to get back to work, I think. <laughs> I do. I do need to get back to work. I've sufficiently recorded, so. sufficiently had a great time with you, but... Time to get back to the regular business of the day. But thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's, it's fun to of chat course, through moms with you for sure. So I think the correct thing to do is probably have you plug your stuff. Yes. And then I'll plug our stuff and then we'll call it a day. Right on. Sounds good. Uh, I, first thing I want to plug is my my Little Root merch. I got I got a shirt here. Little Root Lessons merch. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the soon to be limited edition <laughs> soon to be limited edition because teespring is failing us a bunch but uh Bauer dad i stream on thursdays if you're looking to find me you can find me at twitch.tv slash and then my twitter where i post all of my updates for various things is at bowerdadvgc. vgc thanks again carter for having me on 
What do you got for us? Of course, us? dude. Of course. So, uh, as always, you can follow us over on Twitter at LR Lessons. Myself at Mr. Missouri Twenty Five. Carl's at Musical VGC. Uh, let's see. You can follow us on Twitch as well at Mr. Missouri Twenty Five, and Carl's at Musical there. Come and join our community Discord. Uh, that's where you get to hang out with all of us, including Dad himself. Yes, because he's such a popular guy. It's a great place um, to be. Little Root Lessons Discord. It is. It's. It's a blast. I. I love our community. Uh, and cannot wait to, you know, have, have more people come join. Um, past that, you can always go check out the website that is lrlessons.com. Uh, while you're there, you can check out the merch page, which is still currently under Teespring. And I'm sorry to say that, but, you know, it is what it is. And I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, oh, yeah, the Patreon. Patreon, yeah. Uh, if you want to support Carl and myself, uh, but don't want to give Teespring money because I get it. Uh, you can go on over to patreon.com and uh, give us as little as, you know, 50 cents an episode, and it really does help us out. So, uh, special shout-outs to Johnny Bravo Sr. and Papa Swish, our, our $10 and up patrons. So, that is going to be it for this week, everyone. Uh, Dad, seriously, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, until next week, everyone, have a fantastic week. Peace. <laughs>